try to. I've done microphone work before. Have you? Where at? Disneyland. What the hell? You're you a princess. I was not a princess, but I did get um, to touch one. To perform. <laughs> to touch one. With Disney. True, just not from Disney. Um, the. I performed there. I did the, I can sing like a Disney princess. So I do like the voiceovers and then Shut you perform the fuck on the stage. You can I do will voices? not be doing it now. I will not Look, be doing hey, it. No, not you can't voices, just, voiceovers for the, like to sing. Like you can actually sing. What yeah. song? We're not, um, we're not going to keep this. I want to hear it. Yeah. I've done Jasmine and I've done Ariel. Uh, give, give me some Jasmine. I'd have to have it on and I have All not right. warmed up. I so can let's show not. you. The <laughs> hey, look, we're going to fuck around with some Jasmine real okay, quick. Okay, well, I'm not going to put this right here. Then I see you talking over the mic. Don't be doing that shit. Yeah. Let's see. Mic work, girl. What is it? What What can I type in? A whole new world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it has to be the actual. It be just YouTube? straight porn. <laughs> Jasmine. I will not Jasmine be showing porn. anybody that world. Oh, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine yeah. only. Yeah. Here we go. No, not ja- no, Jasmine. Jasmine only. We want the real one. All right. A whole new world. Jasmine. Shit. Whole new world. Be hard. I should stand up this. Like, okay, can right? I just. I it's probably show easier on Spotify, right? <laughs> I would assume it'd be easier on YouTube. I never know those words. Endless something. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Here Tell me, Princess. Now, when did you last let your heart decide? Shit. But the man's voice has to go. F- he has to go first. So I can hear my. Oh, I can't. I can't sing shit. No, I meant like I have to hear him. Can you play it in the mic? Yeah, hold on one second. This is not going to go on it, the, right? No, this is going to. No, this is playtime. Depending. Now on we're set up. Now we're good. Is it, are they lying? Depending on how you do. We'll we'll judge. Depending on how you do. Well, I'm not even warm. I don't even know water. There's no. Okay. Is this it? That's it. Yeah, but it's his heart first. Jasmine. <laughs> A magic carpet ride. But it's his part first. This, I, I don't want to do this now. Come on. Well, it's not yet. <laughs> Come on, you want to be famous. Right? Come on. <laughs> Come on. TikTok this. Oh, we need to. We'll close our eyes. La, la, la. Hey. La, 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 la. John, you send the man part. Make her feel comfortable. I can't sing this. There's probably some lyrics on here. Hold on. I need the lyrics. A whole new world. <laughs> so good. A so good. fantastic point of view. No one to tell us no okay. or where to go or say we're only dreaming. A whole new world. Oh, shit. A no way. I never knew. But when I'm way up here. No way. But now I'm in a whole new world. I need a one. Dude. <laughs> if I. Okay. You need to hit that one. Yeah. Indescribable feeling. Soaring, tumbling, revealing. Through an endless diamond sky. A whole new world. Don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> Is that Damn. good for now? Yeah, that's, we're impressed. I should have I done the water. I want to keep going. I well, that's Can you do Frozen stuff? This. That's like too much, right? No, I probably could build that's, a snowman. Not that um, one. You know that. I don't know. You want me to one. do Let It Go? Yeah. I'd have to get some water, but probably. So, hold on. When did I'm you figure friendly. out that you could do uh, voices, like sing voices? So, when I was 12, there I was watching Oprah. Um, and there was a lady that kept making noises in the background and she said, who's doing that or whatever. And she was like doing this baby cry. And so they found her. I was like, oh, I can totally do that. The difference is, is that some billionaire dude found 
like got a hold of Oprah's whatever and then like ended up marrying that girl. Like he was like so taken back by her and I was like, I can do, where's my Billy? <laughs> so like that's that was my got... thought. But the baby cry, and that one I can do, hold on. <laughs> are you fucking so, kidding me? Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, can you so, do the the scary uh hello the little uh, the clown? What is it? I don't watch scary movie it maybe yeah, but yeah, no, can you I've do never that? seen it. I've just oh never seen my it. God. I bet you can but, do anything though. So right? almost so this is what it comes down to. It's like an Asperger's thing for me that I have. I, mm. I do have Asperger's syndrome, but I'm saying that like the longer I hang out with people, the more I can imitate them. So I ha- I can like run exactly like Kenny. <laughs> I have like well, I don't know how many people we have in common that we know. I can do a Chris Roglowski, but you're gonna have to let it just come out naturally. I can't oh, I just, gotta like, hear. I'll make sure that I'll I'll do it sometime. And Kenny too. You yeah. can talk like well, Kenny? Kenny, I can do his run, <laughs> and then like there's. Have you he met his does mom? Run kind of funny, doesn't have he? You ever, oh, have you ever met his mom though? No. Okay. Oh, so yeah, Marianne yeah, is like my favorite and she's probably my favorite one because like one day I didn't know so she you there's like a toaster right and the toast got stuck in it and I was like oh well let me get like a plastic knife to get it out and they're like just unplug it and I was like no it's hot and they're like but it's not hooked up to electricity like essentially I, I sounded stupid right and she's like Kayla how can someone so smart be so stupid. Oh my God. And it's like, it's her voice exactly. She's going to kill me for telling you guys that story, by the way. But um, so after I hang out with people long enough, I can essentially adopt their mannerisms and most of the time with voices too. I thought so. Asperger's was, yeah, explain, because I thought Asperger's was something else. So no, Asperger's, I'm just saying it's part of my Aspie trait. So Asperger's um. syndrome is on the spectrum of autism. Um, a lot of people hear that for a woman, a woman and think like, well, I know a guy with Asperger's and he's not like that at all. And it's because it's very different. Like guys can't hold eye contact. Um, they have a lot more stems, which is like the filling of arms or flapping or uh, finger. Like mine is this one. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, what does that and do? for... It's called stimming. What it's, a, this, like, oh, you this do is it? like, it's just like, I'll do it like anytime that I'm like trying to think of something or if something makes me happy or like whatever I have, like my little ones for women, it's different though, because women with Asperger's are maskers. So essentially we learn how to people from other people. And so like be, building your own identity is incredibly difficult for somebody that has that mix that with your upbringing, any traumas or anything like that. And it can be like this really wild experience. Plus women are diagnosed a lot less than women and a lot later in life. But when I found out that I, so essentially, like I, like I said, I learned how to people by other people and never really uncovered my own identity until I went to like work on that, like specifically and work hard on that and do the books and start like piecing together who I was outside of those things. But beyond that, it was simply, it was simply just like imitation, imitation, imitation of just like whatever you saw on how to be a human. So it made me outwardly outgoing so essentially like could get along like go in any group with anybody I was like misdiagnosed along the way and then once we found it and I started working on like my tools that with my therapist and stuff like that it like completely changed how I interacted with people and essentially how I interacted with myself which was the biggest key for me so what was what was the big change though like once you started using your tools what were you not doing so uh socially I just a little bit um like there was no closeness. Like I could get along with everybody. I could, um, well, that's not 
that's not true, but I could like, <laughs> that's not, that didn't mean it like that, but I could like, so in social settings, I could be a leader. I could do just fine socially, go to do business, do work and everything, but you're actually a very introverted person. So this outgoing part of my personality mixed with introversion and trying to find the balance in between the two. Well, once I found out you have Asperger's syndrome and started reading about it and everything that and realizing like, there's actually nothing wrong with me. This is how my mind is set up. And it's actually okay if I'm not for everybody. And it, it took a little bit of that, uh, self-worth and made it rise. It actually wasn't, and I'm not trying to like jump, but it wasn't until day 30 something of 75 hard that I actually got like my last puzzle piece of the self-worth puzzle where I am now to like put it together. But what it did essentially, like the biggest change for me was that it allowed me to go through my life and interact with other humans on a level that felt comfortable for me rather than me always interacting and trying to make sure that the other person's comfortable or, um, just those kind of social awarenesses. Instead, it was more like I could actually go anywhere and be okay. Like you, what's the quote? Like I used to go into rooms and wonder if anybody was going to like me. Now I go into rooms and wonder if I'm going to like anybody. And now that people aren't <laughs> likable, I just gave myself the permission to not have to get along with everybody, to not have to be this extroverted, outgoing, what people have known me as. Now, the people that know me as that person are going to be like, well, that's just so you. And I'm not discounting who I was when people knew me, but since that tremendous growth, I've definitely like, I can go to sleep at night and go to sleep. Like I'm, I actually worked really hard to become somebody that I like. And that was a big change for me. So I went from being somebody that didn't for like 20 years plus just tried on every hat I could. We, you know, from when you're a kid and you're raised, you don't get a say in how that goes. So you're, you know, how you're raised, different titles that society and stuff put on you. Um, you know, as so woman, daughter, you, wife, mom, I'm neither of those things, but I'm saying like the titles that society puts on you, we feel the need to play these characters. And as we start to believe, go into agreement, so I am a daughter, then that means something to my identity. You know, that's why we ask when we meet people, we don't say like, what makes you come alive? We say, well, what do you do? Mm because we're so identity focused in different directions. So when I, I essentially like wiped that clean and put everything that I said I've ever believed under the microscope and kind of developed what I actually believe. If you want to know what though, the truth is I was 28 years old and I was watching a documentary and there was a Jim Carrey quote. And it's actually the quote that started, I hadn't even picked up, picked up a different book outside of a religious book until I was 28 years old, really. And that one quote was like, that's it. I'm that's it. I got to be, I got to figure out who I am. I got to make this like, I'm not, I can't not do it. You know? And what was that? There was the one like your play. The quote. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I so he says, he says, when you create yourself to make it. And by that, I mean, and this isn't part of the quote, but the creation is that those identities that you decide to agree to the universals, the agreements that you decide to agree to, like, you know, how your parents want you to behave, how the church wants you to behave. That was a big one for me growing up, you know, different things. So he says, when you create yourself to make it, you're either going to have to let that creation go, that character that you play, right? You're either going to have to let that creation go and take a chance on being loved or hated for who you really are. And then this is the part that got me. He says, or you're going to have to kill who you really are and fall into your grave, grasping onto a character that you never were. Mm. And I like sat up in my chair and that was the first time that I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out who I am. And even if this is not like a sad thing, I'm not trying to be like, oh, no one's going to love me. I'm never going to get married. I don't care. Um, 
it's literally that I want it if when the day that I that that it comes and I go to my grave, even if I'm the only person that actually loves me, that was still one more person than I was just when I was being the character Kayla rather than myself. When you and so yeah. Oh hey. This podcast episode is brought to you by BCN Supplements. BCN Supplements is a Texas-based company that produces and manufactures everything right here in the great United States of America. The good thing is BCN caters to every single person on the fitness spectrum, whether you're a seasoned hybrid athlete, kind of like myself, or you're a newbie just now starting to pay attention to your health, kind of like Mike. BCN has what you need to make a healthy choice. Lately, I've been using BCN's pre-workout mix, and... To be honest, I'm not really a pre-workout guy because I don't like the way most on the market make you feel. You know, the crash and that tingly feeling. But you don't get any of that junk with BCN's pre-workout mix. I've noticed I had more focus during my lifts and more energy to carry through my longer workouts. And that pump you get is just, it's amazing. Drop what you're doing right now and go to bcnsubs.com to place your order today on this pre-workout mix. They got vitamins and they got collagen. And be sure to use promo code CWJM to receive 10% 10% off your next purchase. BCN Supplements, helping build a better you from the inside out. When you went through this, these exercises, did you write this stuff down? Like, did you write on a notepad, like, this is where I am right now? This is yeah. what I want to be? So I have every journal that I've ever written in since the eighth grade. Um, and so that's a big deal for me. I keep everything that I've ever, but yeah, so like keeping track of growth has always been important to me. Um whether it was subconscious at the time and now it's a conscious effort that I make, but yeah, I've kept all of them. So I've written it all out. You write every day. Yeah. Something every single day for sure. Whether, and by that, I mean, it can be, I heard a quote and I want to make sure I remember it for later or actually sit down and write, um, for a while there, especially on 75 hard, you have to read 10 pages a day, you know? And so writing just naturally went with it. Plus, I mean, I work with Kenny. All we do is encourage each other, (laughs) write that down, film that do, you know what I mean? So Mm. it's like, it's constant the growth he has a, he definitely has a growth mindset have either of you ever taken your mindset assessments to see what kind of mindset you have uh, i've taken similar things through work okay. is it like the red so like personality ones yeah. usually so a mindset's going to let you know if you have like a fixed mindset a growth mindset etc there's like an emotional intelligence assessment that i send out when i do because i do the mindset coaching i got the certification for it oh damn um and so we do that at grit is i do some of the mindset coachings with some of the clients and that's two of the assessments that we set out first is to make sure you understand if you have a growth one or a fixed one. And ideally I'm sure you can figure out though, like a fixed mindset is I need them to like me. I need this, this blah, 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 blah. And a growth mindset is question asking like very much the curiosity that y'all have that shows that you probably have a growth mindset. So probably in the middle. I that's, think That's mm. funny. Cause Chris was talking mindset when she was last yeah. time. Yeah. Kenny's like a man. Chris I, was my very I, first ever mindset walk that I took. Really? So like, well, she was my very first person. You touched her cause she came yeah. in with a different attitude than the last time she, yeah. we interviewed Isn't her. Isn't she great? Totally different. She's person. great. We yeah. met, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. So don't hate me, Chris. Um, Do her voice. Come when on. we, when we, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my God. It turns so, into Chris. Um, when we first <laughs> met, we didn't particularly flow together we didn't exactly we were very curious of each other I guess you should say and then like she hates that I do TikTok like hates it like (laughs) this girl will tell you TikTok is like the worst thing ever and I kept being like well I'm still gonna do it I see merit in it I make money off of it you can't you know if 
whatever. What do you make money off of? I'm not making fun of you for running all the time, you know? So essentially we like ended up, she had said something to me. We were talking, like there's a group of people we were talking and then I was like, well, maybe you should go on a mindset walk. And she's like, okay, like trying to throw it back at me. And I was like, okay, when? She's like 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. And I was like, <laughs> and then we went and it was actually really good. And then, like I said, we ended up becoming friends. Oh, I might've said that earlier, but, um, and she's genuinely one of the coolest people I know. People think that they know her be- from her talents, but I can honestly tell you her talent abilities are the least interesting thing about her when you actually get to know her. So she, she has some walls you yeah. have to get through. Yeah. I think, um, I think we've seen that a little bit, but I yeah. think she opened up a lot on our last interview, which is good. Obviously yeah. influenced her. And I think that's good. Uh, her taking those tools to Colorado too. Totally. Like, oh, I can't wait to see what she, I cannot wait to see what she does with that. I literally cannot, like I, I'm excited for her. So I was sad to see her go. Yeah. Yeah, she's such an amazing person. I, I told her that she's bigger than Brazoria County. Oh, yeah. And she didn't like that. She's like, well, no one's too big for this. But I genuinely mean that. She doesn't But that's mean- her. That's that's what's magical about her is, yeah. first of all, how do you get to be that pretty, that talented, that smart, like all of the things that she is? And then you nailed it. Like, she's also incredibly humble. I know yeah. that, like, she's funny and she's sassy and she has all of these personality aspects to her as well. But at the end of the day, like, it's the most caring heart. Like, she really yeah. is a good human. She's one the, of the good ones. There's, like, particular people that you, when you're around, yeah. you feel, you come away from them feeling clean. Like, yeah. Mike, Mike's one of those people that were, if I'm around them, yeah. and I leave, I feel kind of clean, washed. Yeah. There's people where you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to be around that person. So their energy. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's not tangible. You can't really speak yep. to it, but you feel dirty when you're around that person. So our energy is actually a really important thing to be aware of. And to, so like before I got out of the car today, like I have a little talk with myself that's like, Hey, like regardless of how this goes though, like you want to have like a positivity towards you so that there's like, at least it's a positive experience, like always setting up and your energy will always introduce you to a room. It always introduces you before anything else, before your words, before anything like that. And so, like you said, you said, keeping it clean. You can say clean, pure, bright, any of those things. It's actually very important how you monitor your energy. Yeah. So, I think it's interesting you talk about um, energies and all yeah. this. And, and you were telling me before we started talking yeah. um, that you were super religious for like like yeah. ultra religious. So I was yeah. kind of curious how that road has been for you. And like, Yeah. So I started, I was born and raised into a typical small town strict Christian family, very small community church, like five times a week, Awana's leader, (laughs) Bible school, uh, was youth leader, child's pastor, all of those things. Like did the whole nine yards, went on the missions. It was my whole entire life. Um, when I was 23, I actually ended up leaving the church and then the faith, the church publicly, the faith was kind of like, in my mind, I was like trying to figure it out. So I, from like 23 to 26 was a period of like reading my Bible intently, trying to figure out what I really thought, trying to figure out where I fell in line around 26 is when I was like, I don't think I believe any of this. Like, I don't, I don't think this is for me. You know what I mean? But I wasn't, I didn't admit to myself that I was an atheist until I was 28 because, and y'all raised religiously or in religion. I can't remember. Um, I mean, saying like, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So, cause you know, like once you turn your back, like ultimately like that's it. Yeah. You're gone. You're done. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So if I admit this out loud, like that's essentially saying 
I'm walking away from this. Like that's, that's it. Like it's your unspoken, like it's, it's done. And I did. And so then it's just been a big difference of reality grasping for me and how I, um, view the world. It sounds weird for people to hear me say that I think I became a better person when I became an atheist or when I, I guess, left religion or anything like that. Not to say that I think that religious people are bad. Um, I don't have any problem with the humans themselves, even though I do study and want to go finish school to be become a um, researcher for RTS, which is religious trauma syndrome, which is what I went through and had to get through. So Whoa. essentially when you es- experience trauma in the church, which is what I do have the big problem with, again, having a belief in a higher power, having a faith, having something that you believe in, you will not hear me put you down for that. Like you will not. But the actual trauma that can happen in religions, especially with like children and all of those kind of things. Hmm. Oh, I'm coming for it. But, but, and then it's ironic though, that, and it's not lost on me that the most accepted that I've ever been in my entire life, the most friends I've ever had, the most loved I've ever felt is now at grit with a big, huge group of Christians. Like that's not lost on me (laughs) that it's a whole field of Christians that are making me feel welcomed. So that's what I'm saying that it's like to them. And I hate the you versus them. That's not how I'm saying it, but like to them, if that is what makes them, if their religion is what makes them show extraordinary kindness and curiosity and excitement and all of those things, I think that's beautiful for them. I really do. I really genuinely do. You can ask any person at grit. I've never once told anybody, dude, why do you think that? Like, why are you, what are you talking about? You're teaching it. Never. (laughs) I've never, yeah, never. I don't, I don't like promote quote unquote atheism. I just am myself and, but I'm not, I don't hide it either. And people have definitely come up and people have had a lot of questions for myself. Kenny got a lot of questions like, Uh, why is she working here? Like, you know, a lot of stuff, but he's like, just same thing. Just get to know her. Just get to know her. Just get to know her. And Mm. so it worked out. With atheism, it sounds so dark. Yeah. It's always sounds so dark. So could you put that in a different light for me? Sure. So technically, if we go under, like Dawkins has like the 12 levels of like extremism for religion or whatever, and 12 would be atheism. Technically, anybody's going to be at the 11 who's on this side of it as agnostic. So agnostic atheism is that you are fairly certain that there is just no God, that there's no higher power like that. Agnosticism is just simply saying... I don't know. I can't prove it either way, which is technically what I would be. Technically, y'all would be too, because you can't prove it other either way. It's just that we decide between theism and atheism. I'm on the, the side where um, I just don't believe that there is that type of higher power or the Bible. I don't believe in Satan. A lot of people will mix up atheism and Satanism, and I'm like, I don't believe in him either. Yeah, it um, kind of sounds yeah. like the same type of word. And, it, and so darkness, let me just explain it like this. And I don't, again, this is my personal experience. This has nothing to do with other people's religious experiences. When I was a Christian, I could do anything. I could do anything. Didn't matter if it was bad or good, because at night I could just go home and lay my little head on the pillow and say, dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me. (laughs) And I get to go to heaven. Now, these are subconscious thoughts. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize I was being a horrible human. And there were, if you, anybody that watches this podcast says knows me from pre-28 is going to be thinking, what are you doing? Like, that's (laughs) not... So I'm saying like, I would, you know, just, I wasn't good. Like there just wasn't, everything was about guilt and wrapped up in shame and, and I was miserable and all of these things. And it wasn't until I left that and I realized, oh crap, like there's no big guy upstairs to forgive me. If I screw you over, 
I'm just a bad person and I have to right that wrong. And I, and there's nobody between it, between just you and me, it's just between you and I. And I started recognizing how I was interacting with people and how I was treating people and how I was allowing other people to treat me. And so essentially like it, you have the three categories, you have morals, values, and ethics, right? And religions tend to be morals and values based. This is not me saying an opinion. This is like information, you know, morals and values uh, based. So where my moral compass might not be due north to y'all or to anybody else, my ethical compass is what was like the biggest one for me. So even studying ethics in school, it's actually what I have the most educational background in. Um, that was the part that was big to me is, is this ethical? Is this ethical? Is this ethical? And as I started to live my life building towards an ethical human being, all of my behaviors changed. And I started being somebody that I liked. And I started looking in the mirror and being like, I don't hate that, you know, or like, different things, like different conversations that I would have with people that used to just get me so riled and so triggered. Now I'm like, I love that you think that for you. Like, does that work for you? Are you, are you loving life? Like, are you getting the most out of it? And if they are, then who am I? Who am I to say you're not doing it right? You know what I mean? So you're obviously in tune to your like internal moral mm-hmm. compass. Like you said, yeah, a lot of people, I think religion's good for people that yep. aren't in tune for that. Mm-hmm. As in tune because they need someone to guide them and keep them in the rails. Right. And that's yeah. what, I think that's what religion basically is, right? It's to help keep people like this is bad, that is good. But do you feel like putting so religion, or do you do you mean faith? Um, and I'm just wanting to make sure because to I me, don't really religion know is, the to me religion the two, is more of like the business aspect of it, and your faith is more your relationship with your creator. Probably faith is how I, I'm saying. I'm just, yeah. Well, faith and and the aspect of your relationship with your community mm-hmm. is that would, would that be the same as faith? Sure. Yeah. Talking about being a good person. Yeah. yeah being a good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah being a good so person. So for me not- though, like my my pushback to that is, I've also only like raped and killed all of the people I've wanted to rape and kill, which is like mm-hmm. zero. Right. So I don't need a moral Do- boundary to not. I don't need a religious boundary to say, hey, don't you kill don't. people. Yeah, but you some, don't. Some that's where I was do. going with it. Right. So my point is, is that like. um Yes. What I read, if believing in God is going to keep you from killing people and all of that, then sure. Like, and again, it's a lot, the 86% of Christians that signed the terms and user agreement without ever reading the Bible, I believe, believe in that part of the faith. Be a good person. Don't do bad. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't do like, great. Those are all great messages. Believe with that. Endorse that completely. It's the extremist on either side. Um, the extremist on the non-religious side where people like that want to like go in and, hurt Christians or hurt Muslims or hurt anybody. I'm, I'm just using specifically Christians for this area. Cause that's the overwhelming majority, but, um, the extremists on either side are what I find to be the issue, you know? So, you know, we grew up religious, but yeah. like not to the point where you, yeah. you went, to, you were going to church more than you were probably at the house. Correct. So that had to have been so hard to go against the narrative. It had, what was the turning point where you were like, I have to change and at such a young age. And like, I almost think you like probably, leaving, you mean? yeah, leaving, leaving the religion, but also I almost think you would think you would be struck by lightning or something because you, you were adopted so it into incre- it. It is incredibly hard because it's like, uh, there's a book called leaving the fold that talks about, uh, when you leave the, what's the word that I'm looking for? Deconstruction from your faith. Um, and like there's a quote in it that said, like, all I knew was my name and that my favorite color was purple. Well, mine's yellow, but um, and and you feel that way because when you leave everything you've ever known, you don't know anything else. So it's a it's a state of confusion. 
um, angry. I had to get, ang- I was angry at God because at first I didn't understand it. And I'm like, why would you make me this way? If you were just going to have me be tormented the whole entire time inside my soul, then your parents, because why didn't they know better? And eventually you come all the way full circle and realize, oh, well, this is just my experience. And however I live, it doesn't really have to do with others, you know, even though others have to do with your story, but it wasn't like one single thing that left it. Cause I get asked that question every single time. Well, what made you leave your faith? And I'm like, well, you know, I read the Bible. That was a big one. Um, the, there were just too many things that didn't add up to me. Uh, I remember being 12 years old and asking like, if we're free to choose, like if we have free will, but we don't choose God, we have to like burn up in hell. Like, I don't really much of a choice. Like nobody's saying, I'll take that one. You know, these are 12 year old thoughts. You know what I mean? And as I aged different thoughts and then you'd start looking it up. And I also didn't really like, uh, how churches were being operated. I worked at a, um, Christian camp when I was 17 years old and had an inappropriate relationship with the camp director who was 28. So I was underage and that was so typical in the Christian community. And then when I was 21, I had a relationship with a pastor outside of marriage. And then he told the whole entire church and I got fired. He got a 30 day suspension. We both had to like go to therapy then he started sleeping with my therapist's daughter. So. Oh my God. Golly. You hear that a lot. Yeah. So I'm saying that like the, there, there were just things that I was like, Hey, the church is a no, like there's too many things that didn't add up for me. Um, but mainly it was reading, it was reading my Bible and, um, things that didn't add up. And I don't like to, I don't necessarily like to voice them. I have no problem going over a few of them or whatever. I just can already hear the conversations that'll come from this <laughs> to me. Do you yeah. think, being so immersed into religion at a young age kind of turned you like made you want to believe that there's something else out there. Cause I always say that girls that are raised in a strict, in a strict household yeah. and, and kept away from boys typically like once they grow up, they turned out to be like some, 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 some hoes, right? They get, they get to college and they like, hey. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't wait, I didn't wait for college. I didn't wait for college, but yeah, but, no, I started, that's exactly part uh like, I definitely was like extremely promiscuous, like started young because everything was so whole. It was like my bad thing. And I went through like uh, a very, but I'm not, I'm not ashamed by that. I think that that's a narrative that we need to be changing anyways. Like I said, I'm ethical. So as long as you can be promiscuous and ethical and we, I could get into that. I won't, but, um, I kind of want to know about that, but keep going. (laughs) So ethical, like ethically, like if you're going to have, if you're going to be somebody who is not just going to the bedroom with one person, obviously it would be like having talks with them before testing regularly usage of protection, all of those kind of things that are pretty important to me. Um, being ethical in that. But, uh, my point though, back to yours is I don't, I tried so hard though. Like everything about me believed it. I was so bought in. So I, I actually was the one that would like get a couch and go out to the main streets of my hometown, put a couch out and hold a sign that said like, let's talk about God. Like, I mean, I was, I was sold out mission trips. Like I said, like everything. Mm. So for me, it wasn't, I think that there might be something else out there. It was as I was finding out other things and putting them together with my intellect, it was actually more scary than anything because walking away from faith was by far the hardest thing I've ever done. You give up everything. Mm. Not only do you give up everything you know about yourself, you give up that community of friends. That's like 
that you grew up with, my family, like I said, walked away for a while. Like you, 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 when you're raised in it and you leave it, you literally get the choice. You literally get the chance in your life to stand on your own two feet, solely alone, all by yourself in a, in a very unique way that others don't get to experience unless you meet somebody that also is going through it. And, and, and you really can't understand it unless you are somebody who's going through, I mean, losing the person that you thought created you in your mind is a mind fuck. Like there's not, there's no other way around it. Like there's you, there's no way the processing time that it took me from start to finish until I finally landed in a good secure spot was about six years. Mm. And that's actually a lot faster than the typical, like a deconstruction typically takes anywhere between 10 to 15 years for most people. If you've, if you've been in the faith actively um, until the age of 20. So you know, a lot of people need that answer. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're here, they don't know what's next. You know, they need the, the heaven, you know, uh, narrative yep. and, and what you need to do to get there. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you make life good without not knowing? I mean, we all, I guess we like, all tip really don't know. If nothing's next, then what's yeah, the what's, point? What's next for you? Is it darkness so, or? So I, kind of am researching different ideas about what I think about that. I do know that energy cannot die and it can only transfer. So I know that when we die, our energy has to go somewhere. Do I believe that's reincarnation or that it goes into a tree? No. Yes. I don't know. I'm not quite not sold on that one yet. I do personally believe that when you're, when you're dead though, this time as this exact person is over, that there's no like soul that goes anywhere else. Um, which means to me that I make each day count. So if these are the only days that I have, my heaven and hell is right here on earth. I can either go through it and make it miserable or I can go through it and make it like the most joyous experience I've ever had in my entire life. Now, I only beat depression a year and a half ago. So I was clinically depressed for over 20 years of my life and then came out of it um, after that psilocybin trial. Um, And once I've decided that I'm the creator of my own experiences, my life has gotten a more fun, a lot better. And people are like, well, fun's not, fun's not the goal. And I'm like, well, are you not having any? Is that why? Like, cause fun is fun. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want it. Happiness is happiness. Like if the whole goal is to be happy and I'm there, leave me alone. Like what's, right. what's wrong with how I found, what's wrong with how I found it and I'm secure in it. So it's okay with me. That was my next question. Yeah. So do you think the purpose of life is happiness? So I don't know what the purpose of life is every single day that I see more wonderment and more here's okay. I'm going to back it up though. Cause this is, and it's going to tie in with a religion thing. So when I took my first few philosophy classes, there's like two philosophical arguments in religion that I couldn't myself even figure out. And the first one though, like is everything has a creator. So I know that there has to be some sort of intelligent designer of some point because everything has a creator. Like we might, you might've made this and whatever, but like everything has a creator. And for us to be so intricately detailed, there has to be some sort of higher intelligence. I just don't think that it's the Christian God or the Muslim God or any of those types of things. Um, wait, what was your direct question? I was, I was going to happiness. Like the purpose of life. So my purpose to life. Okay. So for me, when I was leaning towards nihilism where nothing means anything, I was like, ah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty nihilistic. Now I realized for me, literally things only have value if I assign them to them. My grandma's necklace could go on the ground and it could be the most important thing to me in the world, but you pick it up and you can pawn it for $25. It's worth 25 to you and it's, and it's worth no monetary value to me. It's in, it's in, you know what I mean? It's more. So for me, it's about what do I want 
my world to look like? What do I want my life to look like? And that's when the Asperger's things, I finally started to get into control of, I need to learn how to do better connection with people. Because what I have found is being seen and being heard and feeling like you're those two things typically is the birthplace for most inspiration and action for most people. So if we all were at our most inspired selves, our most connected selves, like imagine what the world would look like if we had a bunch of people coming alive to their passion. So where it stands right now in my little tiny understanding at 35 years old of the world, like my point to it all is connection and positivity and energy exchange and helping people come alive. Uh, Once I came alive, it, it was there's nothing, I mean, it's the only thing that I'd ever want to do for people is make them get in touch with those parts of themselves where they genuinely feel seen and heard and understood. Um, and so I think that your life is whatever you want it to, your purpose and point is whatever you want it to look like. Like however you want your day to be, you manifest it, you make it happen. And, and then you also have to enjoy it when it's here. The Four Agreements and the Power of Now. So Eckhart Tolle and Daniel McGill Riez wrote those two books and they probably were the first two that started me onto this change about being fully present. Now that doesn't mean you don't worry about bills or plan for the future or any of those things, but it means like don't miss the enjoyment of this exact moment right now. And when I learned how to slow down enough to like feel the wind on my face, like a breeze on my face, but actually like take that in or look at the plants and like actually like look at the trees when you go on a walk, like things that sound super every day, they're not if you look at them with different eyes. Like, and now transfer that to people. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still some people I just don't like. <laughs> just don't like them. That's fine. You're not for everybody. There's, Myers-Briggs says there's like 16 different personality types and there's two of them that like, I just don't really care for. But the over, but that doesn't mean number one, that I don't care for you as a human or anything like that. The overwhelming majority of what I want to spend my time doing though is making people feel seen and heard. And not because- I get to be boastful for it or like I get to be like, yeah, like bubble. But because to watch, have you ever had such a conversation with somebody that you watch the light go back on inside of them? Right now in this world, we just watch the light go out in people. But have you ever taken part in turning somebody's light back on? I, I can't help but think that that can't be part of it. Like that has to be part of it. Like at least for my world, but whatever gets you through the day is for you. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, happiness or the the yeah. meaning of life is different for everybody yeah there's not like one definition for it some people swear that you will never know what love is until you look into your own kids eyes or until you have okay well then I don't I don't get to know that love and that's okay with me but I get to know this love and I get to have you know my best friend's kids Dawn she's my best friend. so Kenny's sister me or wow nope Kenny's wife Mandy's sister is my best friend that's how I'm in that's how I got into this whole world oh, of okay. this place is through Dawn and her little kids. She just had her third one, but originally Desmond and Maggie, like they changed how I look at love Desmond for sure. And he, and he's not even mine. You know what I mean? Like they changed how I love people. But so you don't need everybody else's experiences to be your experiences. You should learn from everybody's experiences and be curious and open to everybody's experiences and then take what you like from that and build your own but it definitely, it shouldn't look like it for everybody. It's not designed that way, I don't think, for a reason, so that we can all have these interactions, you know? Yeah. 
I definitely think like selflessness is like a, a constant that you can, whatever religion you have, yeah. like it brings the most fulfillment. Like you get cheap from fulfillment Ooh, here and there. You and I are on opposite sides of that. <laughs> By far, I think you should be as selfish as possible. I was about to say, everyone is really 100%. selfish, right? Well, well there's, we, there has to be a negative. sense of it. It gets such a negative to be attachment to it when really you're never, ever, ever, not one second going to live anybody's life but yours. Yeah. So ever. Here's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. Like in order for me to be a better like father or husband, like yeah. I, I have to work out. Like I just, I just, have yeah. to, I have to eat good or whatever. If I'm not taking mentally strong, if I'm not taking care of myself, yeah. there's no way I can take care of my family. Yeah. So like I have to be like my circle is, is me first. And then yeah. my outer circle is my family then I, yeah. and then my work. And then well, not whatever. only that, but look what you're showing your kids. Yeah. They hate it. Well, they hate it. They <laughs> right hate now. it now. But when they grow up, and then they've saw they saw that you were able to be your own person and put yourself first, and that your wife was able to be supportive of that and all that stuff. Then they grow up and they learn to listen to their own voice. Right. Like it's they might hate it now because you might it might be taking a little bit of time away from them. But essentially, what you're teaching them is this is your life. Like you get to be what you want it to be. And 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 I really when you get into like a relationship, people forget that you're half that relationship. You matter. Like your relationship with yourself is still a relationship. That's never going to change. Now, it's easy for me to say as the single person out here not navigating through. I'm very much unsuccessfully through relationships in life. <laughs> never had a successful one. So I'll, I'll stick with the single docket. But what, I, but what I'm saying is, is that the selfishness, selfless and selfishness can, they don't have to be complete opposites because there's a difference between like cocky and confident. There's a selfishness that's yeah. going to be greedy. And then there's, which I also don't have a problem with as long as you're not, it depends on what your ethical agreements are. So most people are utilitarianists or they believe in the divine command theory. So you, most people walk around through life with their ethical compass being something to the effect of do the most amount of good for the most amount of people. And while that's excellent, I tend to go on the side of continuism, which is doing the right thing simply because it's the right thing, not because God told you to do it, not because somebody's going to recognize you, somebody's going to put you on the news, anything like that. It's simply doing the right thing just because it's the right thing to do. So, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't mean like self selflessness yep. is the yep. only thing, yep. but selfishness, yeah. obviously the negative connotations yeah. to the majority of the meaning, yeah. but obviously take care of yourself hundred percent, and have yeah. you time and, you know, the get only your reason thoughts why I push and stuff back, like though, that is because we keep, there's so many things that we keep holding negative. We keep tying negativity to certain things. And I'm just like, want to challenge people so bad. And I'm like, okay, but what do you think about that? Yeah. Not what you read on Facebook, not what your mom taught you, not what your best friend growing up. What do you think about that? Why is that negative? Yeah. Why do we have to look at it under that lens? Like the more you expand your mind and different ways to look at things, number one, the better off you're going to be with people because the chances are you're going to meet somebody who thinks it that way at some point. And you're going to be able to relate to them and be like, okay, I can understand your way of thinking. I might not live that way. But it's like, have you heard of situational design? And by that, I mean like from the government. I'm not about to get into necessarily <laughs> politics, but I'm saying that like back in the 50s through the 70s, there was a CIA experiment done on human people called yeah. MK Ultra. okay? Yeah. Where they did mass mind control over people and they learned, they did like all of these horrible experiments to them and they learned how to mind control. Take that, put that on the media. There's like, you know, they're very, very smart. They gave us our like... uh 
quote of Americans and then they mock us with it with united we stand and divided we fall and they've done nothing but continue to divide us and make us all hate each other right versus left um the race card your religion versus atheism all of these things they've 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 situationally designed it they'll make up problems that don't even exist put it on the news make sure that we're all saturated with it and then make us have fight each other so they can continue to do whatever they want to do right. because we're all so distracted right i refuse to be a part of that I'm going to get to know each person on an individual level that gets put in front of my face. And if I don't like you, I'll let you know. But chances are we're going to have common ground. And I think that that's like the most important part is finding common ground with people. And um, the more we come together, which essentially the more we get rid of this is how everything has to be in our world the more that we can come together and make room for each other, the more that we can, I mean, the industrial revolution happened, what, a little over a hundred years ago. And a few things happened there. Number one, we started putting people in boxes. So we stopped doing community, right? We started living in little individual houses. The other thing is that generation that started the industrial, when the industrial revolution started, that generation, was it the silence or the one above them, the greatest, whatever, is the first time that parents brought in kids and raised them indoors. And then those parents that next set off are the parents of the boomers. So our boomer generation now was the first young child generation that was sec our second one that was ever raised indoors, never ever had to deal with emotions. Their parents never did because everybody was just outside trying not to get shot, bringing <laughs> in food, gathering for whatever. So we put them in and never teach them any emotional regulation, never teach them any emotional immaturity or maturity, never teach them any emotional understanding. Um, and then they raised the Gen X, which was the get a grip, bite your lip, save a little face generation, <laughs> keeping up with the Joneses. Like we got to keep up with the Joneses. We got to do that. And then that generation created the millennials, which is the one that I fall into. I'm an elder millennial, but we're the first generation that came around that said, no, we are going to talk about it. We are going to talk about it. We are going to go to therapy. We are going to work on this. And then we get mad at the boomers who were just raised to be doing exactly what they're doing. And it's ridiculous. All of this fighting between all of these generations because we don't understand. Well, have a fucking conversation with one of us. You know what I mean? I live with two boomers currently and I have some of the best conversations of my life. But essentially... We brought them in. Like I said, like the, that long ago, there was no teaching anybody emotional regulation. Well, now we have that. So it's like looking like a little bit, our world looks different and they have to get smarter about how they keep us all apart. Do you think yeah. we're like diving in, like making up problems that, of course. that don't need to exist? Like, 5, like, like depression, anxiety. Like I, I think it's always been a thing yeah but like you said that we were all outside so we the only reason why i say no to that is because you can also see like brain scans and chemical different things that can show when a brain has been affected by those things so there's merit to it scientifically that it works i also being switching my major to social work and going for therapy obviously i'm going to feel strongly about it it's not so much that i think that we're just making up things and missed or in diagnosing and trying to be diagnosed happy or if we're searching for something we're going to find something right what Almost. this is my theory about it is is that if there's if one percentage of something equals out to 700 billion or 700 million people or something that's a lot of people mm. so if, if enough people separately are saying something and then we give it a name it's not that we're just naming everything and blah, 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 blah. It's that, enough, it's that we're trying to understand it and research it. We just happen to be at the point of the most 
information available to us, most cross-referencing available to us, most people flying and going and meeting each other, that right now it's just going to be the next 60 years is going to be just so research driven as far as why all of these different titles and different things that we're coming up with and theories and different mental illnesses. I think that there's merit to all of them. Do I think that people are like diagnosed happy? I'm sure there's going to be a bad bunch and everything. You know what I mean? Like there's always going to be a bad bunch, but the overwhelming majority of people, it's like when all we ever had was white dudes on TV and the first time you ever put like a woman or a person of color on and then somebody in the audience gets to look and say, oh my gosh, like the first time there was a woman doctor on a TV show. <laughs> I can do that too. Representation matters. You know what I mean? Right. So we, I feel like, we, I feel like we are bogging ourselves down and doing a disservice by being like, why do we got to come up with all these things and why? Oh, everybody's now this. Oh, you identify as an orange. Oh, this, this, that, and the other. First of all, who cares? Let people be, live their lives. And second of all, I think that there's merit to it because we're learning, we're growing. And some of them might fall off. Some of them might evolve. Some of them might change. But essentially, the the heart behind it is to help people become more whole. And when you, like for me, Asperger's, once I started to get to read it, it was just like this eye-opening, amazing like weight lifted off of my shoulders feeling. And I think that a lot of people feel that way when they see. So I think like, obviously I think depression and anxiety, bipolar, ADHD, all of those things. I think that they are all very real. Do I think that the pills that accompany them that are, that people are getting them pushed and shoved down their throats to make money. I also think that that's true too. I think that they live one in the same yeah. and that there's people out there trying to work on both ends of that deal. People that are trying to keep making money off of, uh, pharmaceuticals and i think that there's people that are trying to stop that you know didn't elon musk have asperger's or doesn't he he, he does yes yeah dang it you're yeah. a genius i'll take it you're elon musk basically yeah. i you know i don't quite have his bank account yet but as soon as i do <laughs> can you give me back on twitter i'll do buy facebook i'm gonna yeah <laughs> so to, to segue into this open-mindedness that yeah. i don't think you always had we talk about the mindset the green the green, the greenery. The green yes. and the... Very pro And the Scylla. Yeah, and the Scylla Simon. Yeah. So I just want to make sure I'm stating that I am in the state of Texas and I would never <laughs> smoke weed here, ever. But you can, though. Well, you can do Delta 8 and there's still a THC 9 now that you can get here at the stores. But um, so, yes, I... Marijuana for me was actually a big uh, stepping stone into figuring out parts of who I was. I smoked for my first time at 28 years old um, and threw up everywhere. Oh, my God. You smoked so too much? Bad. Oh, yeah. It was great. And, like, immediately, like, the next day, I was like, I'm doing that again. <laughs> but it's the pathways that it opens up in your brain, and it's the expansion and the ability to, you know, men have boxes and women have... Um, Vaginas. <laughs> Men. I don't know why I laughed at that. <laughs> yeah. Did you say vaginas? Yeah. Yeah. We, most of them. Yeah. That's, true. That's true. That's um, true, John. Good job. Good job. That's my favorite thing to do when a man, a guy mansplains to me. I am sorry. I'm going to come back to that. But like when a guy mansplains, thing, like mansplains. Has, when they mansplain something <laughs> to you and like they talk all condescending to you, they like tell you something that you already know. That's my favorite. Good job, John. That's exactly right. Good job, bud. You need to do that. It's like my favorite thing to do to them because they're like, 
my son will yeah. uh, we we're teaching them the uh their proper names of human yeah. anatomy. I think it's amazing. And he'll look at some random people sometimes and be like, "You got a vagina." Good. Excellent. I think I think that's uh, there's so that's many funny. studies that will show that that's like a great way and especially like cuz it's teaching them that their body's theirs. I will get back to your question. Um <laughs> Like uh, anytime yeah. that I, anytime that I like interact with the child, I'll always ask permission to give them a hug or if they're, if I'm holding a child, oh, they really? want to be put down. It's their body. Oh. Why, why shouldn't we be sending them I the message? I did something about that mm-hmm. last week, actually. It's a huge, no, this whole like grandparents come over, you got to give her give a kiss. Her a kiss. You gotta, yeah. No. Why, so all you're teaching them is that if the right authority tells them to do something, yeah. that they're going to sacrifice their comfort level. And I, I'm not, I won't be a part of that for kids. So, See, but I think it's great that you give them the correct anatomy. You yeah. like the Montessori way, huh? I mean, That's I, I, pretty I much. definitely. Did you go there? No, oh, okay. but I definitely, I, that or homeschooling. So. Yeah. I just heard about that whole concept uh, last weekend and like what, what, what the uh, process is yeah. and what the minds, like the and ideology. It. Yeah. It's so strange. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. It's almost like, okay. uh, I like the kid pods yeah. these days that they're doing. It's almost like a version of that. Just where they put them in and they each, yeah. 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 Okay. Now I can't remember what it was that you'd ask. The About, green. Yeah. Oh, greenery. Your mind. So I had, um, tried it and that's when I started to learn, more about like a universal love, um, which is so funny because it's like, oh, Bob Marley, one love. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's actually probably why. Um, and then there's a guy named Dr. D. Martini. He's on the Kerwin Ray podcast, Unstoppable. And he has run, read over 100 different books in each ology. So like sociology, psychology, all those kind of things. And he talks about the one in the mini theory. One in the mini theory. And that is like where we are all one in the many, like we're all just having this experience. I'm experiencing it as a 35 year old female. I don't know how old you are, but y'all are experiencing it as males. I think not trying to put that on you. That's That's my permission. Whatever your pronouns are all respect. But, um, so the one of the many theory, like it it pretty much just showed weed was the first eye opening experience to our, our connection to us all truly being connected. Cause we all say that we're connected, but we don't actually understand what that means. Like, your first time experiencing like a real tragedy and going through that real heartache. We don't have to go through the same one to remember how that felt feels. So like you lose a parent and I get a divorce. There are two different types of emotional feelings, but we can understand the weight of them together. And so that was like the biggest experience for that for me, as well as I was able to eat and I was 98 pounds. So that was a big deal for me. Um, just the way that it helped me interact with other people, calm down. The psilocybin though, um, which is mushrooms, if you don't know what that is, uh, I don't, I never took it to like trip or anything like that. I did the microdosing trial. So for six weeks, you do like a microdose in the morning and it elevates essentially just your happiness and it teaches you how to be exactly present. Like you go to put on a seatbelt and you, all you think about is putting on the seatbelt. Whereas before I would have had like 90 thoughts about my day going through my head and it just doesn't. And I was able to train my brain, essentially. That's why the mindset stuff is so big to me. Train my brain how to think just the exact amount that I want. With the exception of if I'm, like, like last night, nervous for this. So, like, I was up, you know what I mean? And just, like, yeah. running through things. But, yeah. You did this, like, on the, uh, as you were coming out of depression? Or you did that to come out of, help to, to come out of depression? I was already on my way. I, I was already a few months into working on it myself actively. Um, but... I was more just taking it because it sounded like fun and I uh, had all the requirements for the trial. I didn't expect for 
it to be as like overwhelmingly good as it was. So it's always for the better. Um, yeah. One one that I always remember is uh, appreciating my arms. Like oh, I, really? I sat because you, yeah. you you you're really in the moment. Like yes. you're like hyper in the moment to the point where it's like time yeah. is slow. But like yeah, just looking at my arms and I was just thinking looking, about I how I was thinking about how it's like they, they helped me so much, right? Yeah. And like um, and my and my brain tells me how they how they work, but they're just always here to help me. So like yeah, that happened a long time. A lot and you. You, uh, but you retain what you've experienced, correct? Rather than like a dream or something yes. where you don't. Yes. So every once in a while, I look down at my arms and I'm like, you know, I still, I still appreciate you. Yeah. Like, I still yeah. appreciate like what you do for me. It's so. Mine was colors. So like just looking up at like the grass and everything like that. But like you can still go throughout your day. Your sounds a little bit more like trippy. Mine was never a trip as far as that goes. It was just an elevation. It's just appreciation, yeah. like appreciation that's that's covered. Um, yeah. when you have a hundred things going on and it uncovers like beauty, mm-hmm. you find beauty in a lot of things that you normally wouldn't have necessarily before to the level that you do. Now I'm not saying like everybody needs to run out and do all the thing. I actually believe that if I could go like up to Houston and meet with the guy and learn how to do the transcendental meditation, that actually is from my understanding, like you would never have to get high, take an aspirin, Tylenol, anything ever again, once you learn how to do it. Um, mm. Is that like breath work stuff or? It's a mixture of breath work and a different like guided meditation that they teach you how to do. Um, the CIA released that document about the gateway experience. And it's like one of the three things on how to like transcend mm-hmm. to consciousness. And I've always been interested in it. And I've just never bit the bullet and gone and done it yet. But I'll do it. And then I'll come back and talk to you guys. Do you still practice with psilocybin at all? Do you still microdose? We're in Texas. <laughs> That's okay. So I no. want to do it. Yeah. Um, where, where would one go if he wants to do it? places okay okay we'll talk after okay um do i still the there's access to it here not as much as there was there um it's pretty interesting or it's pretty easy to make yourself um that's scary though like if you, you could really fuck up and end up in a bad trip or something could you you just get well microdose it, it. See, I don't know so why. rather than just take instead of like taking a whole bunch you would just micro well you would learn is my yeah. point like um but yeah there's like a lot of, around here you're going to find like chocolate bars and oh. different things that have them in it. So yeah, Cause p- that'll be. Because people are doing um, microdosing to help with anxiety. Correct. And depression and, and all PTSD. that. PTSD. Yeah. Um, and, and we're talking like not help, not assist, not lessen. Like cure. Coming out of it. Yeah. yeah. Like even like we think of PTSD and we think of like war veterans. And they are doing trials on them as well. But I mean, like all different forms of PTSD and everything like that. Like you, you're coming out completely changed. For a while, people were doing the ketamine treatments, but they were so expensive that a lot of people don't have access to them because of our wonderful health care. Mm. I think uh, like uh, edibles and mm-hmm. uh, and psilocybin have, yeah. are very close to one another. Yeah. Because. Uh, They're of the earth. Like, um, like emotionally, you, you get very aware of emotions like like say we're in a situation yeah. right now yeah and i can see like fear or yeah. anxiousness or happiness and i can yeah. see them in the moment to yeah. where it's affecting my emotions yeah i remember being on a phone call with someone i knew and they were they were uh they were sad yeah they were calling me and i was happy at the time and uh i got you know normally you would just you know try to console them but you don't really put yourself yeah. in their situation but 
you get this hyper awareness where like I started feeling like I was going through it too. Yes. And I started like, like hyperventilating. Almost, like 100%. So they, it's, it's psilocybin will elevate your, um, Sensory. emotional pattern recognition abilities. So it, a lot of times too, like men have incredibly different experiences on it because men of course are taught to not show their emotions from a very young age. Men are, you know, a kid, two kids fall down and scrape their knee. And if one's a boy and one's a girl, you go up to the girl, you're like, let's get you cleaned up. Are you okay? What are you telling the boy? Walk it off. Right. You're telling. So men are not encouraged to not, not only have emotions, but they're definitely never shown how to deal with emotions, how to walk through emotions, how to express emotions, any of those things. And then ironically, y'all grow up and date us women and well, the ones that choose to and date us women. And then we say things like, I just don't feel like you're emotionally checked into this. And it's like, yeah, I was never taught. But my point is for <laughs> like men, thank you. For men though, um, their first few experiences are usually very emotionally, but you're so comfortable with it. It's not, you're not uncomfortable. It's actually, it's, it's a thrilling experience and it's very, um, cathartic and therapeutic for, for, uh, well, I mean, that's the experience I've heard from men. Did you, were you trying to treat your depression with, with pills and like the, I guess the pharmaceutical Oh, I was trying to treat my depression with anything. Oh, oh, uh, yes. uh, And that's why you kind of entered off into. No, I'm also, because I don't want to make it sound like I'm anti-depression medication because I think for the right, the right kind for the right people is extraordinarily important. Um, No, it was more, I want to see what it can do at once I researched the, um, incredible presence of now that you experience and stuff. It just seemed interesting to me. Of course, part of me believed maybe this will be something that works out for me, um, for my mental health. And it did, but the indicate, like originally it was like, I want to learn what it's like to be exactly in the present. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. That's something I struggle with being in the present. present. Yeah. So the present moment is really hard for us to get into when you, um, have a conflict of your, and no offense to you. No. Um, when you have a conflict of your identity. So mm-hmm. when they're, when you are building the character of yourself and you're doing things or participating in activities or working or whatever, or doing something that's not a hundred percent what you want to be doing. So you have to play a part for it. Um, people tend to boggle their time with a bunch of other stuff too, that keeps you actively away and disengaged in the present moment because you're just trying to make it through to that next stage. And I'm not saying that's necessarily what you're experiencing. So it's like, that's going to keep you away from being present because the stress that accompanies with it. Now I'm not saying just go and quit your job or not try to figure out a way around it. Good. Good. No, I mean, that's good. Like that's not, Uh, there's, there's like, there's more than one way to A and B. I mean, there's, that's good that you are aware of it though, but it's, what are you doing with those thoughts now that you're aware of them? Are you fueling them? You have to be there right now. Yeah, so are I, you fueling them with negativity? Or I feel are like you... that's why I, like, I try to work out, but then I, yeah. it, it, that, that high lasts like till noon. Or yeah. Whatever, you know, I work out the working morning, out. Yeah. And then the thoughts come back after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The greatest thing about it that I found out, though, is that you, your thoughts are 100% managed and created by you. Mm. So when you start to navigate, so there's, it's called watching the thinker. It's in the power of now. Um, so you think a thought, right? Well, something in there acknowledges that thought. Like, you know that you thought it, right? Yeah. So that it's like two people. There's the you, that's you that we all know. And then there's the you that lives inside you that 
is aware of this. Does that make sense? So it's almost like two people. So when you watch the thinker, essentially what you're doing is committing to yourself, which as we said before, selfishness is not bad and you are in a relationship with you. You deserve to do this. When you um, start to watch your thoughts. So something happens in your typical thought is, this is so annoying. I can't, I, I just cannot wait to leave. Okay. Sit a minute with that thought. And then eventually you start, you could start training your brain on how to think different thoughts on how to get it to go right instead of go left. Now, I'm not saying you're ever going to magically just be so in love with going to work, but when you structure your mind to where you're training it and it's not training you, and it's evident when your mind's training you, if you're continually doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, unhappily, it's trained you. So you, when you realize like, I actually am in charge of this machine or computer or brain or muscle or whatever's in there, however you want to view it, you actually can start saying, no, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and take control of that. Then I'm going to, I'm going to shake, take that in a different way. I'm going to shape my mind to look differently. Like we say it all the time and never, ever think about the depth of the statement. Oh, I changed my mind. I don't want to go there anymore. I don't want to go. It's because you literally changed your mind, the neural pathways that they're in your, um, prefrontal cortex in the front. I'm pretty sure it's the prefrontal cortex. Somebody's going to be like, it's your amygdala and get mad at me later (laughs) is like where your emotions. Okay. So like an emotion, you feel an emotion. If you actually sit and let your, let yourself feel through that emotion, that doesn't last longer than 90 seconds. It's when you start adding thoughts to the emotions that ruins your day. So if you're angry and you just let yourself be angry for 90 seconds, then your brain catches up and you can start thinking, processing in a different way. But if you're angry and then you just start thinking thoughts on more and more, it's where you're going to stay. That's almost like training your mind to run like long Correct. distances. Like you sit, sit with the pain, accept it. Mm-hmm. Like ask yourself how you're doing. Like, yeah, am I doing okay? I'm doing good. I'm going to yeah. keep trucking. Yeah. And they, it's funny that, that you said, so 75 hard was the biggest mindset set shift for me. And it was in the thirties when I realized that, it's so dumb, but it was, it's going to sound so dumb, but it was like when I really realized, oh, I'm doing this because I think I'm worth it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that I'm worth this opportunity. This is all mindset from here because I just have to keep showing up for me. And why am I not worth it? It's like, why would you eat cereal at the end of the night? You're worth making yourself a meal for. Just don't be lazy. Well, I don't want to use the word lazy because it has a negative connotation that I don't necessarily agree with. But, um, for your mindset, it's, it's about, so day 30, something or other, I, I was er- arguing with Kenny that day. We were Everyone I argues can, with Kenny. I can imagine y'all argue because y'all kind of think the same. It is so, so think the same except we're on every hot topic, it, hot button issue. We think completely different. It's great. I love it. I love Kenny. So we, um, although you think, you think he's the, mm-mm. have you ever met his wife? Mm-hmm. He, he, a Mandy? Yeah she I'm telling you right now if she told me tomorrow like you're gonna go do this I'm like yes ma'am like she is the most convincing like woman she is she will get your she because she, she just she just like there's no bullshit with Mandy she's just like well you have to do it so go do it and you're maybe like, oh, he, maybe true. she's working the strings we never knew yeah, yeah Kenny's just a puppet right <laughs> no, no I didn't say that I didn't say that that's what she said uh, no I was just saying that Mandy also is good for that too but he so we were in an argument or whatever and I was just done I didn't care. I didn't worked out before this. I just started it just to prove my, just to see what I could do. You know what I mean? I did not care. I was done. I was going to drive to Elmo's, which is like this like hamburger joint. I was going to ruin it all, get a soda, be done. And I'm like driving. And I just thought to myself, okay, well, if, if the lights are on at the track, I'll, I'll get out and work out. Instead. I'll do my second workout. 
the lights were off. And I was like, you knew they're going to be off. Yeah. <laughs> they're off. And I was like, oh. Okay. Oh, darn. Yeah. And I'm like driving. And then I remember driving and sitting there and thinking to myself, well, are you doing this for Kenny? Or are you doing this for yourself? And I know that sounds weird, but I was just like, so out of spite for Kenny, you're going to not show up for yourself. Like that seems kind of stupid. Right. And I'm talking like it was freezing. It was literally like 31 degrees outside. Um, and I like literally had to still do an outdoor workout because one of them has to be outdoors. Right. And I am outside in the freezing cold. I literally put a sock on one hand cause I only had one glove <laughs> in my car and like finished my stupid freaking workout. But that was like the, that was the day that it really connected for me that, um, self-worth like that this is a mindset everything about Kenny though is mindset though like he he's gonna challenge as much and all as he would tell you that I challenge his he challenges mine I mean he's the very first person in all 35 years of my life and I don't say this in a egotistical way but I've really never met my match as far as challenges goes I don't mean romantically obviously but like I've really never have I've always been able to just kind of figure it out succeed do whatever I needed to do then I met Kenny and like, I remember one time I had created this business proposal for Chris Roglowski and like an idiot, I told him and three days later, he gave her a business proposal oh, quite shit. similar to mine, <laughs> but better. <laughs> and and I was like, la- at first I was like, this motherfucker. That's some Del Frankum shit right there. Huh? But, then I th- but then I thought <laughs> to myself, <laughs> and then I thought to myself, Oh, this is, you've done it. This is it. You finally, like, you're going to actually, for the first time in your life, have to work harder than somebody if you want to be better than them. And so I told him, I'm choosing, I'm choosing to be inspired by this and not mad at you. To be clear, I pass you up someday, but you've had different life. Life has handed us different experiences. I will beat you someday. Today's not the day. (laughs) Today I'm your fan and follower, but someday I'll all be his fan forever. But yeah. He'll, he'll always have my vote. It so. sounds like some shit I tell John. Everyone, yeah. everyone loves, like Kenny has this presence that I can't imagine being around it every day. Uh, what it Why? Do, well, like what it does, like it's a good, it's, it's a intense. positive. Yeah, it's oh, intense. Oh, okay. I was like, that's my friend. What are you saying? Oh, no, but you're no, no, but the good way. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're having, if you're having a, like a fuck off day yeah, and he's pushing you, it's probably, you probably don't want that type of person he's, around he's you. He's always that person that's going to be like, well, no, you're not going to skip this or you're not going to eat that per Like. Like my family, my family tells me I'm that person, but I'm not yeah. like, there's a, there's levels, right? There's, there's, there's me. And then there's Kenny is like 10 levels up. Oh, he's, I can always count. If I'm feeling like I'm going to yeah. slack off or You'll just call him. Well, no, no, no. I'll just look at Kenny's feed or I'll look at Del Frankum's feed or he's like so good at it too. And yeah. he's like, and it's very rare that you see him out of it. I mean, I definitely have, I work with him all the time. So I'm saying like, I've definitely seen him on a down day or like whatever, but he's still so masterful about how. He keeps it as his problem mm. and not make it everybody else's problem. And he really d- is okay with asking for, for what he needs to process through information. Like he's really, really good at it. Don't get me wrong. Like if I wanted to roast him, I gotcha. <laughs> but I, I just, I'm just yeah, like I'm, I'm waiting for the day that we have like our own office roast of Kenny. I'll make sure to invite you guys. But oh, um, he gosh. would love that more than y'all yeah. would. He likes, oh, he I likes, think he'd cry. He likes it but a little yeah, bit. No, he's, but he's like, he, he's so smart. But he's, his, his only issue, like he's a visionary, that guy. And that's why we work well together because I'm not like, I am a, I'm an experience driven person, but I can make an experience out of everything. He's a visionary and I'm more of a, like, let's keep you on track. Like that's kind of my goal there is just to keep him, his mindset correct and him motivated and him 
on time to things and all of that kind of stuff. So that's, it's like, that's the big push there, but yeah, but he is a good, he's good to be around. I like him. Yeah, he's got that, that aura that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's He'll gotta be usually, pretty inspirational to be it's, around it's every oft, day. Well, honestly, I think that I'm the inspirational one, <laughs> to be honest, in that duo. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but he, we don't always talk inspiration. There's all, I mean, there is that element to it, but it's not always that way. He's the one that's always like, okay, so this is the mood we're going to be in today. <laughs> so it just depends on what he, I mean, and then he's always, I can be him today. Go on. Did he not do this the whole entire time? Y'all no, talk? did he? I don't think so. Can he talk like him? Uh, yeah. No. Can he give me some phrases? No. Nothing. Oh, are, are you kidding me? Yeah, give me some His phrases. His number one phrase? Yeah. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> that is, that is we heard that one. What are I want to? What are some? Lie? What are some? Uh, what is it called? Uh, what rhythms? are some voices you can do? Like no, I'm so I, don't, I can't. I, it's just it's so hard for me to do. I'm just so like I have to be. Well, the baby. In the I imagine yeah. with the baby you can do Rugrats. Like uh, like I'd Tommy. Have to, I'd have to hear it. I don't You're know. Tommy? Tommy sounds like. Uh, what about like the Simpsons? Can you do any Simpsons? Like popular that. characters. Like I wasn't allowed to watch guy? that. That was the devil growing up. Oh shit! Family Guy. No, I watched, um, what's the one with the robot bender? Oh Futurama. yeah. Futurama. That's the only he one. I'm not a, no, I'm not like a cartoon kind of gal. If you haven't figured it out, I'm more of a documentary kind of. He's kind of good at voices Which sometimes. Ones? I can do Britney Spears. I, I can, I'm, or Shakira. When you were talking about like yeah. how Asperger's was, I was like, yeah. man, I wonder if I have. I was wondering if you have Asperger's. Because <laughs> I can kind of. Yeah. I I start emulating people yeah. a lot. Like if I So that I love that. Whenever I say something about it, people are like, Oh my god, maybe I, I know. <laughs> I was like, shit, maybe you, I got it. Uh, my initial assessment, both based off of my social work background and everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like is, yeah, a little bit. No, is no, because you can hold eye contact. And that's typical not typical for men, oh, but that's really? my only indicator as of right now. I've I seen, haven't spent enough time with you. You keep eye contact? It's di- for men. It's just different. Oh, it's just for men. Yeah. I didn't say it's just for men. I said it's just more typical. Like the shampoo? Yes. I thought that was like a, uh, sorry, I'm very big on words. If you haven't figured it out, I have to be very precise. All what is it when you, too. when someone gets obsessed with something, I get like really obsessed. Like obsessive compulsive about something? Or do you mean obsessed about like, you don't, you mean like cleaning? Tell no, me, I guess no, I can I'm not really a clean f- okay. freak, but like if I hear something that I like, uh-huh. I become obsessed and I want to implement it with my, in my life a lot. And Got if it. I, I'm willing to try something, like if I, if I think I'm going to like it, yeah, then I'll never do it again. And he idolizes people. I idolize people. Like Joe Rogan. Joe Ro- I love Joe Rogan. I want to be like Joe Rogan. Like not just, I like oh Joe Rogan. Like I like Joe Rogan, but he wants to be Joe Rogan. Oh. What's up with that? That's not just want to be. Like if like Kenny, I, I, I love when Kenny yeah. posts something. Yeah. I like watching all of it and I like, okay, like, all right, I'm going to do this. He's doing it that way. He what said stops this. you? What do you mean? Why don't you do it? I try to. Well, what does try look like to you? He, he I, does I, do shit. I, I do it in my garage. Yeah. I don't go do, I do everything like workout wise, like in my garage. Or if someone's talking about diet, I'm going to try that diet. And okay. gonna, if I like it, I'm going to stick with it. And I don't deviate from it. So you're going to try the diet. And if you don't like it, I'm not going to stick with it. Well, that's fickle. I mean, how are you ever going to know a long-term longevity of no, what no, you're no. capable of? If I of? do like it, I am going to stick with it. But if you don't like it and it's good for you. You know what I mean? What like, because I'm, I'm saying, you're, I'm saying, like you, your word was try. You want to try to do all of these different things, and I'm trying right. to get down to the like nuts and bolts of why the word is try and why your your mindset's not. Even if this isn't what I want when I'm finished, I'm going to finish it. I guess I, 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 there's not a finish in okay. my head. Like I'm, 
like with the I'm doing an animal based diet right now. Okay. And I'm watching all these carnivores and yeah. animal and I I like to implement a piece from what they're Got doing. Got it. What's or, your ultimate goal? If you're not if you weren't working where you're working now, what do you what do you want to be doing? This. Podcasting. Yeah. Only. Probably. Oh. Yeah. We got into videography and I, I tried to get into it. I yeah. don't want to do it. Like I got into it, bought a fucking camera. Yeah. I don't like it. That is how a many, true how thing. Many, how many yeah. things like that do would you say you did? How many of those would you say that you've experienced where you, where you thought you wanted something, so you try it and then you don't like it? I want to do something because, <laughs> yes, but but even like the videography work, yeah. I, was, I was hesitant. I was like, I don't want to do it. But yeah. Mike would try to push me into it. My wife is in photography. Yeah. So I was like, all right, everyone's getting fucking cameras. I'm going to get a camera and I'm going to try yeah. it. Didn't like it. Cool. So hey, I heard hey. I heard everyone, Mike, my wife. I did not yeah. hear your excitement about it. Oh, no, I don't like it. So yeah. I, I don't do it. I don't want to do it. That's So that my, that's my point is that if it's not a hell yes, just right. let it be a hell no. Until, have you ever heard read, read the book Strength Finders 2.0? No. Essentially the I idea. I have too many books right now. I need to put it on the list. <laughs> okay. A lot of fucking books. Essentially the idea is to let your weaknesses go and focus on your strengths and then just like, like yeah. continue to grow those is what the premise of the book is at a very nutshelled version. Yeah. Um, so it's like, if you're finding what makes you fulfilled in life, then you have to wrap around your brain around the parts of your life that tell you that that's not what you can have because those are going to be the identities that aren't, aren't your identity. If it's, if it's conflicting, if something is conflicting inside of you, one side of the identity is not real. It just doesn't feel like you fear doing something like when I'm videoing something. Yeah. I don't feel it. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. I yeah. Maybe you feel that. it when you're editing yeah. or this is like, if this is what you want to do, then do the backwards or, math or and working, make it work. Yeah, like working yeah. out or yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. There's there's but many things you can I, do. I think it. we got onto this cause I get like super obsessed and then I want to push the, what I like mm-hmm. onto other people too. Yeah. Well, it's very evangelical of you. <laughs> So. Is that a bad thing? No. What what syndrome do I have? Okay. We'd have to talk. <laughs> He's got enough. You, you do to, want to know. Uh, we'd have to talk a lot longer. It's, it's something. You should let me send you the uh, mindset assessment okay. uh, I think, stuff. I think going back to like psilocybin and stuff. Yeah. It needs to do like some self-discovery. Right. Well, essentially that's what I'm trying to say too without being too overwhelming or overbearing about it. But it's like, I'm not saying that you don't have an identity of self. I'm just saying that I think that you allowed other educators to make some of those identities, something that doesn't actually match up with who you want to be. Yeah. We all do that to be clear. Like it's not like whatever. And I think that is as long as if you'll allow yourself the time with yourself to kind of like look at them one by one, yeah. which is why I think that the marijuana and stuff like that, that helps. It helps you to kind of like go through it. Does not necessary. You can do a lot of work without it. Yeah. Um, I was just touching back on that for you, but I'm, I'm afraid. I'm, yeah. I'm afraid of doing that. Yeah. I want to, I yeah. was going to try it last. I've never yeah. smoked marijuana ever. Yeah. I, I'm afraid I'll get obsessed with it and just go off the deep end with it. Go off the deep end and like what, eat too many Cheetos? Like what do you mean by that? Yeah, I just won't be a big pothead or something. It's amazing to be, I mean like alcohol is legal and it's I don't drink alcohol. But I'm just saying like all the deaths and all the drunk driving and all of this and all of that and like weed is like, hey, nobody wants to shoot anybody when you're smoking weed. Like you just want to eat some chips. I feel like it wasn't addicting. It's like sometimes I like in the past, I would do it and then I didn't want to do it again for a long time. Yeah. But I think you like doing it all the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I haven't had that experience. It goes back to like if I like something, I want to yeah. keep doing it. Okay, and I mean? if it's if it if it helps you. Yeah, I don't have a switch. Right, that's either like a switch is on. <laughs> well, you told off. your you've told yourself that, but yeah. then if we were to dig in, we'd see where that's not a hundred percent accurate. I, I could control the switch. Well, it's just because I used to say I'm a switch person too, yeah. but it's just not true. 
you're not just a switch person. You just told yourself that. And then that allows you to have the excuse of, well, I'm kind of over it now, so I don't have to be into it off. Yeah. Rather well, it's than, like with alcohol. Yeah. Like if I'm mm-hmm. around alcohol, I can yeah. if I allow myself to drink yeah. alcohol, it's fucking going all out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just felt like it's either all well, or I'm nothing. not saying that you everything. You did that the other day and you controlled it. What's that? You did it the other day and you controlled it. Yeah, I was throwing out alcohol. Good. See, there yeah. you go. So I'm saying like you do, it's about learning how to navigate your mind and set it up. Is to it like op, to to make your optimum self? Is it bad to like want to implement someone else's beliefs though? Like if you think, oh yeah, these these people are successful, I want to. So let's let's break down the word bad, because uh. um, I can go in many directions. That I can be like, sure, if you do it this way, or no, if you do it this way. Um, I don't know enough about how you process information to know which one's going to be beneficial for you, but. Essentially, all we all ever are doing is taking other people's thoughts and applying them to our lives. Right, yeah, so it's I don't not. Like, I don't. I'm be honest. I, he says yeah. that he's like you. You bring these, but he he's different people too. Yeah, he's yeah. not like Mike original. Right. I don't think that's that's not what I meant. So like yeah. I sample I sample from everybody too. Right. But sometimes I have some in, introspection and I like I this think hits. about what I like yeah. I want. Yeah. yeah, which I think you do too. I'm just well, that's the point of reading giving books you some too, shit. and like yeah. learning some research and all of that kind of stuff. It's like what you can try on all the hats, but when one fits and you adopt it into your identity, it's easier to move through life. When somebody gives you a hat and it looks nice on you, yeah. you don't particularly like it. It's not as fun to go out, right? Right. So it's it's essentially figuring out which parts of you are really truly the parts that you like and identify with right. and which parts need change. And you had mentioned the word fear earlier. Like it's like, I think a lot of people are afraid to do the work, right? But the alternative is all of the hard, miserable work that you're already doing right. to keep up the character. No, it's all right. hard. Right. It's, it's, it's going to be hard no matter what you do. Like right. you might as well choose the hard that's going to end up giving you the most fulfillment. Exactly. Is my theory. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to develop one, I guess. And it's worth it. I can honestly, truly, with my whole heart, tell you that it's worth it. And it's like, because you have the power to change at any time. If there's something I don't like about myself or something that gets uncovered or if I get new information and I don't like it anymore, I can change it. Right. It doesn't have to be who I am. Who you think of me, like that quote says, is really none of my business because you only have this much of the picture. Yeah. So it really doesn't matter. I can't go through my whole life wondering what you're going to think of it. Now, there's certain people whose thoughts matter to me. But ultimately, I think that you should be setting yourself up to where you have learned how to trust your own voice. And you have learned how to process information. And you've learned how to research and know what's for you. Because when you know what's for you and you know what's not for you, you can go through life with much more compassion. Because if I know you're not for me, I don't have to be mean to you. Like, I still want you to eat, just not at my table. You know? Like, it's just not, it's, it, that, that's Tupac, I'm pretty sure, that said that one. Um, you have a good memory for like, a stoner. Thanks. That, that's you're that pull, Asperger's. You're pulling Asperger's like, have, like, it's called superior pattern recognition abilities. Yeah. And mine is up there, and I'm not just saying, well, whatever, think I'm bragging, I don't care. But I'm saying, like, that's how I'm, that's how I'm able to tell Are you able to, people. like, memorize words and, like, lyrics and, yeah. and sentences? I have, a, I have a, like, a, a photographic memory of words uh-huh. so okay, another go, yeah. another thing is i i uh i can read something yeah. once and pretty much memorize it okay by by reading it once like almost not really like a photographic memory like yeah. not a picture so almost a words. cool thing to have but not not yeah quite, well not quite. yeah well you said like you memorize dates Just and kidding. stuff like i did too. yeah no i mean like it's well it's patterns 
too. So it's it's not my brain doesn't just hear the lyric; it hears the mel- melodic pattern with yeah. it as well as the beat. And there's like so many things that connected into a memory yeah. for me. But it's also for me though more than that my Aspie talent because everybody always thinks that autistic people have like their one is superior pattern recognition abilities in people and I can meet tons of different people and remember one person told me this and led into this timeline and now I can help you because of that and and that and the other and just how people's behaviors are how you sit how you present yourself how you look I've learned I've watched enough of them to learn like how and why people behave what they are it's always it's always been the only since I was a kid man main interesting topic to me was why are people the way that they are why why are we like that? Which involves a lot of introspection too, because I, I of course, I want to figure out why I am the way that I am to better understand why people are the way that they are. Because, but ultimately, once I figured out, well, whatever, it's their story. It's just so much easier to get along with people. Just so much easier to be like, yeah, no, I love that for you. My friend Alyssa, I don't know if you all know her. She also does the, I tell her all the time, man, I love that for you. And she's like, that's my favorite thing you say because I know. She goes, <laughs> it sounds I, condescending. Because well, she goes, that's exactly what she said. She goes, but I know that you mean it. And it's true. I, listen, I don't run. I don't run. Just I, like I'm Kenny. Not, I'm not going to run. No, I don't run. Eat the whole 75 hard? No. But y'all did great ultra. I genuinely love that. <laughs> she's not gonna do that like, she's not gonna and do I that. believe you and yeah believe you. and it's true though like I really whatever makes anybody like but the other thing about that too is that I don't have to then whereas before I would attach myself to their emotions and feel them as well now I've learned how to separate the two and I can care for you and not have to adopt your mopiness and not have to adopt any of those things into my own personal being and that's for me the best way to show compassion is to be to be able to for you to be able to the best compliment I could ever get from somebody is I feel safe to be around you. You make me feel safe to be myself. And the only way that I can think of to do that is to let people mm. just be themselves. Don't monitor their behavior. Don't tell them what you need. Don't tell them. Uh, well, you can tell them what you need. Like You're still allowed to have boundaries for yourself as a person, but I don't monitor you and tell you how to think or behave or act or anything. You get to represent yourself and I just get to respond to you. I'm responsible for that. You know? Yeah. I think I do that with John. You tired? You boring you? No, I think I um, oh. I think I uh, tell him project too much shit onto him. Oh, yeah, Mike's a big. He's a big. Mo- projector. You're a projector. I'm, I'm called a pusher. Oh, I push and, it, and then he gets mad if you don't adopt what he wants. I don't get mad. He what does. do you get? I get mad when he doesn't try. No, he gets. But he's mad. a trier. So our he's big, not a doer. He's a trier. Our, no, he doesn't try. Uh-huh. Our big, our big story yeah. was I have a, a hoverboard. Yeah, and I just wanted him to try it once, and he threw a blew a gasket. But but he. He got mad, but uh-huh. he didn't realize that I've like Mike thinks that <laughs> my life uh-huh. began when I met him. Oh, and, that, and that's it. Oh, okay. He doesn't realize like I have <laughs> you've another, had other experiences have another or life. like yeah. that you Can might I lay down. Sideways? Yeah, yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't understand <laughs> yeah. that. Like he doesn't get like no. I I've already like, I've he done didn't this. say that. So. I, I shouldn't do have we need to, though. A, you guys, do we need a break? Do y'all need a hug? I shouldn't have to though. I don't right? want to hug him. First of all, listen. This is not. But should I, counseling. Should I have to? No, you're the counselor. Should okay. I have to say that? Or can I just say, no, I don't want to try it? Well, 100% you can say, no, we I need don't want to try it. We need the final answer. But if he's you. a pusher and he's going to keep pushing you, you, you're you better off to not, your response to just not get upset and be like, I said no. I did. He got so no. he, he got mad and then he started getting into the so how? But what does that have to do with you? Nothing. Let him be mad. And then that's, I got him on the ground and a headlock Yeah, and he tapped out. Well, okay. He tapped out. Yeah. Have you all ever leg wrestled? No, I was going to have 
I was going to have y'all do it. Have and you see seen I saw the can, video? If you can beat John. Okay. You want to try it? Because that would destroy yeah. him. No. I, I could destroy you. No. There's Guaranteed. A, I got leverage. There's a technique. And if you're Correct. if you already know it, then I'm fucked. Yeah. yeah that's it. That's what, so we my, won't do it. But yeah, I've never like, seen that. Have shit. you seen the my video? Before your video. Did you see the video? Yeah. That yeah. was like my, my I, I try to leg wrestle everybody. My cousin Danny got the technique going. Don't fuck with him. Yeah. There's a certain place. There's a certain place that as long as you get it, the exact place on that person's leg. I don't care. I mean, they're of course, but guaranteed if I get you in that exact spot, you're going over. There's a guarantee. Have you done, um, we used to call it Mexican finger wrestling, but it's just called finger wrestling. There's so much I want to. So like you, dive into that's what she said. Yeah. You hold out your hand uh-huh. and you interlock your, have you, uh-huh. have you done that? Uh-uh. Mm, I'll fuck you up there. Okay. I'm not going to try. Okay. Men have better grip strength. Yeah. So that's where it comes down to. Why would I? I don't know. Yeah. You have better leg strength. Correct. That's why I asked if you wanted a leg <laughs> no. See how I like. You po- think your legs myself. are stronger than John's? Not. No. Not. And no. Like strength wise, but. So if they're in the hand, it's a technique. It should have just. Well, there's be a technique. certain like things girls can do with their, 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 their stronger. Like put their head on a wall and pick up a chair. <laughs> All those things. Yeah. To be clear though, I did play ice hockey growing up and like a bunch of different, like I could get my legs back there. They're just not. Anymore. And you're from where? Originally my mom, um, but then I was birthed in California. <laughs> you threw me off a little <laughs> yeah. for a second. That was Thank good. You. I like how confident you, you asked. Yeah. I got to catch up. Yeah. Was, um, uh, I was pretty quick. Was, uh, good shit. job. Birthed in California. <laughs> and then like, but October 2020 to October 2021, I lived in five different states. So I've moved around quite a bit, but. So, yeah. so real quick, how did you get here, Missouri County? How did you start working with, with grit? Those are two different stories and I will wrap them up quickly. My best friend lives here. She just had a baby and I didn't want to miss out on that experience. So I moved down here for that to be with the kids and to wait for the new one to get here. He just arrived two months ago. Little Elliot Rain. He's adorable. He's so cute. So cute. <laughs> um, and then at Grit, they, uh, Kenny's parents own a coffee house in yeah. West Columbia. and 421. Yeah, 421. Yeah, Love and it. they needed some help. I was, I get, I, I get paid to go to school. Um, so I wasn't working at the time for the first time in my life. I was taking a break off of work and they just needed some help, like washing some dishes, making some coffee. And I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll come help. Like, that's fine. Just literally in the back washing dishes all day long at 35. Like it was fine. No big deal. <laughs> um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. Don't come at me. Um, and I was talking to his mom who, cause the very first conversation I ever had with Kenny was at his sister's wedding and we were talking about God and atheism. And the last thing he said to me before leaving was, well, you're just wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> that's kidding. And I was like, oh, well, cool. And then flash forward now, six years later, um, the, cause I had lived here before. Anyway, all this is to say, I was talking to his mom in the background, in the back. And I was like, oh, why don't you guys do this, 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 and that, or this, this, that, and that. And she's like, wait, how do you know about all that? I was like, oh, well. I have a real resume. Like I have a background and stuff, you know, she's like, you need to talk to Kenny. (laughs) And I said, I said, okay. And so then I remember Kenny will tell you this. He will tell you this. He, his mom goes to tell him like, oh, you need to talk to Kenny. And he's like, Kayla Malthrop? Kayla. (laughs) Kayla? Like what? Like he, in his mind could not believe that there was a brain in here. Like he really, (laughs) but you got to understand he met me when I was in the worst of the worst. Like I was, just coming out of religion. I was running around town. I I mean, I was every 10 ways from sideways in my brain. Like it was messed. There was no mental health 
stability in any way, shape or form when he first met me six or seven years ago. So I totally get him being like Kayla. And then we went and we sat down and we had the conversation and the whole entire time he's just like, what? Like, who are you? And he's like, Hey, well, give me like a week to think about it. And I was like, no, like, I know what I'm working. Like, no, like I know what my brain, the very next day he's like, all right, let's do this. And so then that's, that's how I ended up there. But, and then I started like in sales. Then I went to like a whole bunch of different other things. Now I do like member relations and then like his, his assistant pretty much is what it comes down to. So that's cool. I like it. It's an awesome journey. It's, it's, you know, Texas is different, but we're making the best of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we greatly appreciate you coming on. We had fun. Yeah, this was too. a really fun conversation. Okay, uh, so how can people follow you on social media and the funny TikToks and all the good stuff? So TikTok is my bigger following. Um, it's fun, funny, and that is Loud Daisy. L O U D D A Z E E. Loud because when you smoke marijuana, people say you smell loud. And dazed because you're dazed and daisy because of the flower. So loud daisy, L-O-U-D-D-A-Z-E-E. And then on Instagram, I'm Kayla K-M, my initials. Kayla K-M. Well, we had fun. Thank you. Me too. Thank you. Love, 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 love. Same. Bye.